Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Colarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Colarco. Welcome. This is Humanity Evolved with Catherine Calarco. This Today we've got an amazing show about something we all enjoy every day and maybe don't realize the impact it has on the world and uh, the things that occur within the system of actually getting food to our plate. So today's show is about... Uh, food, how to solve the food waste problem. And today I'm joined by the amazing Christine Mosley, who is the CEO and founder of an amazing company called Full Harvest. So, uh, Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. It's excellent to have you on board. Tell me a little bit about you and and Full Harvest and and how this evolved. Thank you so much. Um, So, a little bit about my background. I spent 12 years in both the logistics and the food industries. And Mm. throughout that experience, I just saw major food chain inefficiencies and so much waste. And at my most recent corporate job, um, I helped scale one of the first cold-pressed juice companies in the country in New York. And I loved what they were doing in terms of healthy food, but I was just frustrated that they were selling $13 green juices. And it was because they were paying top dollar for perfect-looking produce to then just immediately process it. So... um, I've been an entrepreneur throughout my life since high school, and I just saw a big opportunity to help solve making healthy food more affordable. And I moved out to California two and a half years ago, um, basically to research ways of bringing down that cost. And that's when I came across all these crazy food waste statistics, um, you know, that there's 20 billion pounds every year that goes to waste at the farm level. Um, And that's where Full Harvest came about. So we're the first online platform connecting farms to food and beverage companies to sell their surplus and imperfect produce that previously would have gone to waste. Um, yeah, it's it, it, I, you know you're absolutely correct. We don't even see this. We 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 look at the beautiful fruit in the in the in the shopping market and and it's there's and almost demanded to be all stacked up and perfect. And in fact, mm-hmm. years ago, I remember we used to just collect berries and apples from orchards and trees, and we didn't really as long as it didn't have worms in it. And sometimes when it did, we just cut them out and ate it. You know, it was just so lovely mm-hmm. right from the yard. And I yeah. and I was the, the food waste in. I just see this in the industry all over. I understand that grocery stores actually waste, is it somewhere around 30 to 40% of their food is thrown out? Or, and there's a lot of innovation occurring because of that. Is is that one of the statistics that you actually came across that sort of inspired you to look at the big farm food waste problem? Yeah, so in this country alone, um, across the entire supply chain, so from farm to household, uh, there's 40% waste. So 40% of everything that's grown or or made um, is wasted, and that uses up 25% of our freshwater resources and creates 23% of our methane emissions. So a quarter of our water and almost a quarter of our methane emissions are used or created for food that is literally not even used. Um, And when we have one in seven people going hungry in this country, you know, it's just one of my food waste entrepreneur friends coins it the, the world's dumbest problem, which it really is. So Yeah, mm-hmm. 
and it's and you and you watch where other countries are you know the droughts and the and the lack of food and the lack of water and here exactly. we are throwing away 40% of our resources where right. so many more people could benefit it so so i i can understand the problem is it, is it is it everywhere or is it kind of, is it only in certain regions or do we just find this from you know chile to to uh, to alaska uh, globally, it's a huge problem. It's 30 to 40 percent globally as well, um, depending on the region. So the U.S. is in the top four worst offenders, along with India and South America and Africa. Um, uh-huh. But basically, there some of their food waste problems are due to other reasons um, that aren't as vanity focused. They're more focused right. because of you know infrastructure or power shortages or that sort of thing getting produced from point A to point B. Whereas in the right. U.S., where it's the silliest reason, which is that, you know, we are very picky consumers and demand perfection, and therefore the big companies um, and retailers demand that there's more and more um, perfection in what they receive from the farms. Uh, so that's right. kind of the impetus for, for the problem. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a lot of we've been trained rather than what we're what is tolerable because we go to farmers markets and the heirloom tomatoes are beautiful and they're all kind of funny yeah. shaped and, and they yeah. look a little yeah, goofy, exactly. but they but they yeah. smell amazing and they taste yeah. like tomatoes. Right. So, right. you know, right. I, I think we have to get out of our way here. So um, and, and when you talk about it happening globally, uh, are are you addressing the problem globally or is it really just focused here in the U.S.? So right now we have farms throughout the West Coast and uh, Mexico as well, and we're soon to expand um, to some farms in South America as well. Uh, You know, we definitely plan on being a global player. There's so much opportunity, though, in the U.S. alone right now that our main focus is around that. Um, But, you know, we definitely plan on, you know, trying to solve it globally because it's such a big issue everywhere. Right. And then looking at it from a, a, you know, supply chain, what, what, what excited you to actually address the farm side of it rather than, say, the consumer uh, education or the uh, grocery store or that side of it? What, what prompted you to actually look at farming, at the farm as, the, as a way to solve this problem? A couple of things. So one is that, um, you know, I think it takes a while to create a food brand. Um, you know, it's very mm. overly competitive um, and saturated. And, you know, it's a... It's, low margin, you know, slow moving business. And, you know, the biggest thing is I talked to one of my mentors who's a CEO of a billion dollar food company right now um, that was saying, Christine, you know, do you want to make a little bit of impact or a massive impact? And I said, I want to change the world. I want to make the biggest impact. (laughs) And he's like, you know, well, then the way to do that is to help a bunch of companies at once, not just, you know, create a food brand that will take a while. So, um, and then the more I looked around and the more I talked to people, the more I realized that this was really the best opportunity and the biggest way to help um, scale as fast as possible uh, and help the problem uh, was to, you know, create, to be actually the supplier and to create a technology platform so that, you know, lots of large companies can buy from us uh, versus just, you know, having my own small food brand. So for me, it was about impact and scale. um, Right. And... And I think that that's the most important thing that we need right now. 
Right. I, I completely agree. I think that there's sometimes people just say, well, I'm just one person, right? I can't, I can't, what is right. my, what am I going to do? Right. But what you've done is right. use your talents as an entrepreneur and say, where can I solve the problem and have the greatest impact? So right. listeners, this is an amazing lesson. I think that we can all share in terms of how do we evolve our, our planet now and into the future is really to look for where we can create the biggest impact and really decide that that's part of the reason we're doing something. And I really right. applaud you for that. I mean, I think that this is a Thank lot you. of entrepreneurs are, that are like, okay, well, let's just make as much money as possible. And how can we disintermediate people? And, you know, the whole thing is really just anti-humanity. And, right. and, and, I, and, and I think there are so many problems where you can both make money and have a positive global impact. And I really applaud you for taking that on board. And so tell me w- why, I understand that you saw this as a major problem, but what inside you inspires you to to create that that bigger impact? You know, what what made you take that big bold step into the arena? Yeah, I, I think it was a couple of things. I mean, the the most prevalent was that when I started researching and looking into this problem and you know, I started putting the pieces together and finding out what was really going on, which now is in the news a lot, but two and a half years ago no one was talking about was when right. I went on a farm visit to a large farm. And I saw mm. them harvest, and they were harvesting romaine hearts. And because of that, they you know they were bagging for the grocery stores and just chopping for the middle portion, and they were letting fifty to seventy five percent of the romaine leaves fall to the ground, and it was a complete wasteland. And you know they were literally just stepping over you know almost knee deep in romaine leaves that were perfectly wow. beautiful and edible, and just driving over it, and they just turn it back under. And you know here I am. This was two years ago when you know we were worried about the drought in California. We still are, but um, you know we were really worried about it two years ago. And you know I'm a huge environmentalist, and just right. to look at that, it was a big wake up call where I just said this is an absolutely broken system. This has to change. And I was even told you know from a very successful, you know, woman at a, at a billion dollar other food company where she was like, Christine, you're just one person, you know, how are you going to get these farms to listen to you? Sure enough, six weeks later, I had a meeting with one of the largest farms in the country because, you know, I, I love the quote of like, if not me, then who, if not now, then when, which is like, you know, I, I, I may be one person, but we're already making a huge, you know, waves and, and traction. And I think that, um, you know, if no one else is doing it, then who else is going to do it if it's not me? And I did have a lot of the logistics and downstream food experience, and so it was just a matter right. of connecting the dots. Um, and we're bringing, you know, a huge amount of value that, you know, I literally have farms and buyers just, like, raving about what we're providing to them right now because just, you know, no one else had really, you know, connected the dots in an easy-to-use way before. Um, so... That's why I'm excited yeah. most about what we're wow. doing. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, everybody out there. I hope you're cheering yeah. this on because because you every one of us has this inside of us in terms of our yeah. abilities, right? We all have like a, a talent or we have domain expertise yeah. or we have we have knowledge, right? And you think, well, right, what does right. logistics have to do with uh, food waste, right? And you, you yeah. go, well, like, I know this, it's transferable skills, and I have the courage to make something happen, and I have confidence in that. Right. And I'm not, right. not going to listen to naysayers who say, oh, you're just no. one person, it won't work. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah, I am one person, and I'm me, <laughs> Yeah, and, I, and yeah. I'm going to do something, because you, yeah. you're right. Right now is the time to step in, step in, and do things, and and be part of the solution. Yeah. And I, I yeah. totally, I'm, I'm on board with that. 
do it every yeah. day. So when, when you like, what were some of the challenges? Like, you know, obviously no entrepreneurial activity is, is completely smooth. I mean, what, right. what were some of the things that what were some of the keys to your success? And also what were some of the challenges that you overcame? Yeah. So, um, one of the mentors I mentioned also told me something early on that's really, really helped me filter things as I was going through the process, which, as he said, you know, 99.9% of people don't know what the heck they're talking about. So, you know, I had a lot of, like you said, naysayers or people telling me what would work or wouldn't work. And let me tell you, all of them were wrong. And, you know, I've been proving them wrong. Um, And so I think, uh, you know, but that said, I definitely have learned, you know, a lot where, you know, at first, I think one of the things, mistakes I made was um, I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm a people person. So I believe people when, and I, you know, I'm a, tr- I'm a truth sayer. So when I, w- what I say is what I mean. And right. so when, you know, I had some farm, uh, my initial farm that I was going to launch with, um, they'd been saying, yes, 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 yes. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, and then that time period kept dragging on, um, you know, for a month or two. And, right. um, and then it became month three. And then I was panicking because I put all my eggs in one basket and right. so I immediately realized, okay, shoot, I'm putting myself in a bad position. I need to be talking to as many people as possible. And sure enough, you know, a week that week I started calling around. I ended up finding a farm that was ready to go, you know, a couple weeks later. And right. so some, you know, I, I tell people um, sort of the sales metaphor of, you know, you just got to, it depends on the person you're talking to. Um, not the actual company too, as well. So you just got to yeah. be as quick as possible to realize you're not talking to the right person. It doesn't mean a no; it's just the person. Hang up, try again. You know, and also just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, you know that that said, um, you know some of these are common things that you are reminded throughout your life, but in the moment, you know, you you get reminded. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think um, that and just um, you know the fundraising process. Um, you know, as a female, I, I don't even want to say as a female, but you know, it is true, but, um, and, and just in general right now is, you know, a lot more work and a lot more time and effort than I thought it was going to be. So I would just say, you know, making sure that you understand that you really need to assume, especially at the seed stage, you know, it's going to take three to six months and that's totally normal and, you know, plan accordingly. Um, and, you know, I kind of had planned on that, but I, for a little bit did not realize that that was how long it was going to take. And I'm so glad that somebody warned me. Um, so I started a lot sooner, but, um, yeah, yeah other than that, yeah. things, you know, have been going really, really well. And, um, you know, I think the other challenge with any other startup too is hiring. I learned, you know, the first couple of people I've hired what to do, what not to do. And now, you know, I've learned a ton and I have a fantastic team and, um, yeah, that's been a huge learning as well. So, right. Right. And it's like a, so the, the, the aspects are, you know, get advice from people you trust and, right. and yet uh, allow yourself to learn along the way. Don't be deterred. Right. <laughs> and it, exactly. it sounds like what, you know, it sounds like uh, it's also about the people that you surround yourself with. Have you got a diverse team? Have you got people that can actually pull it together and make it happen? Yeah. And really focusing on what the bigger picture is, right? So your bigger picture mm-hmm. is really about how are we going to create an impact on the food chain to reduce the amount of waste. Exactly. And, right. you know, and, and do you, and, and in that, in your entrepreneurial process, are, are you a, did you raise investment funds or was it angel funding or what, what funds your business? Um, so I bootstrapped it myself up until just about um, seven, eight months ago, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, for a year and a half, two years, I was bootstrapping. 
So, you know, I know what it's like to put, you know, every single thing you have into something. Um, and then I raised angel and VC money. So we raised right. an official seed round and we're going to be announcing that in a couple of weeks. But, um, oh, yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, we're, yeah. we're almost heading into a break, which is great. I, I want to give a shout out to my friend Fabian Cousteau, who has sponsored the show. And he, uh, he has the Ocean Learning uh, uh, Center.org site. And I think there's, I know you're probably like, well, what does food and the oceans have to do with together? But in fact, the, what we do in farming affects the ocean. And, um, and mm-hmm. we really need to create a positive impact on both environments. And we're in the middle of that. And after we come back from the break, we are going to talk about how we're in the middle of that and what we can, how companies like Full Harvest affect the supply chain. So go through it a little details of how this actually happens and how your buying choice can actually influence this and support uh, better food buying policies and, and uh, you as an individual can make a difference. So we're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit more about this. I mean, stay tuned because there's some secrets that Christine going to tell us and also we want to hear about some of the disasters because like what has she seen in the field and how did how did we get you know uh funny looking strawberries on our plates and our in our uh and in our strawberry shortcase because when you chop it up what difference does it make right so um mm-hmm. please stay tuned and come back after the break we're going to continue this exciting conversation about how to eliminate food waste and what christine is doing about it and how you as an individual can create a positive impact for your life your family and the community around us. Stay tuned. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve with Christine Mosley from Full Harvest. barking or an angel singing then you know that you are listening to waking up in america heard every wednesday at three pacific time valerie kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential adventure is always a must on waking up in america with valerie kirkard every wednesday at three pacific these days everyone is looking for information on staying young healthy and fit The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Hey, we're back. It's Catherine Calarco with Christine Mosley from Full Harvest. This is Humanity Evolve. And t- today we're talking about one of the key elements of human evolution, food. So we all need it. We all need it every day. And so how can we eliminate the waste that's happening a- around us? And uh, 
I would love to hear, before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, sort of the entrepreneurial journey and how Christine has has, has created this product uh, and created the company and some of the successes and key insights that she's had, as well as the 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 sort of challenges. And I, since you're dealing with everything from farming to, to manufacturers or food producers, do you have anything that like a story that sort of exemplifies what you're doing or is sort of like like an exciting moment or a little really hilarious that insight that maybe the everyday person wouldn't actually have access to or see? I mean, there must be some very interesting things that happen in the field for you. Um, well, I think, you know, a couple of things. I, this is more on the buy side, but, you know, it's really exciting to now see branded products at the store that I even... You know, I'll walk with a friend and I'll say, oh, my gosh, this is a company that has our, you know, ugly cucumber, ugly apple in it. You know, and it's really <laughs> awesome to be able to buy that off the shelf and to be able to drink that and know that, you know, um, something that I did is, you know, in that product um, and right. that it actually is making a difference. Um, as far as, you know, on the field, I mean, um, I think a funny story is just, you know, we were with a large farm and. Uh, there was one of the labor guys that had worked there for 16 years and we start, you know, me and my sales guy out in the field, just looking around, you know, convincing him to work with us and to change some of their harvesting practices. And he was, um, you know, we looked around, we said, you know, Eduardo, this is a broken system. I mean, look at this. And he, all of a sudden it was like a wake up call. He's like, oh my gosh, you're right. What are we doing? We have to fix this. You know, and he'd been there for six, he'd been there for 16 years and it was like, He's like, we just never really like had an, you know, an easy way to deal with it. And, you know, um, yeah. I, you know, I just never really thought about it. You know, it was just like the norm and the way that they did business. And right. it was just awesome to kind of see him like wake up and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. What are we doing? Like, this is so <laughs> wasteful, you know? And, and, and so, um, you know, he, he, he was like, we, we got to do something. We got to do something. So, um, awesome. I think it's exciting to see, you know, some of the labor, um, and, and, and management really, you know, get excited about, you know, the fact that uh, there's an opportunity there that before wasn't easy for them, but we're, we're there to make it easy for them. And then, you know, it's awesome to help yeah. make farms additional revenue, you know, um, that's yeah, what exactly. they need right now. They're, they're struggling right now. So, um, yeah. So they do. So this is actually a moneymaker for them as well. I mean, they have the opportunity to to increase oh, their yeah. yield and increase their the sales exactly. of their products. So this is not only making it's a win win. Yeah, money. it's yeah, a win win exactly. for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you have like how does it? If I'm a farmer, how do I engage with? Is it's a technology platform? So how do how does right. technology solve this problem? And how do I as a farmer engage with it? So how does this, how does the system work? Yeah, so, you know, everyone in San Francisco has a, you know, Uber of this or Uber of that. So I feel, you know, cliche saying this, but the best way to kind of understand it, and I I jokingly say this because there's so many successful businesses doing this sort of remnant inventory thing, but it's basically like the hotel tonight, the kayak, the Airbnb, the Alibaba, the Amazon, whatever you want to call it, but for produce where, you know, it's the excess it's a platform where you're, we're connecting buyers and sellers for this excess produce. So we're just, you know, the hotel tonight or whatever, whichever <laughs> example you want to give for, you know, for food. So, right. And um, does it, for produce. do they price yeah. it themselves or does the platform price it? Um, so we, we kind of have a mixture of both right now. Um, yeah. And we're still iterating and scaling the platform and, um, you know, working on creating, you know, the long-term, um, 
matching algorithms as we, you know, want to open this up to an even bigger, more open marketplace. Yeah. So if a farmer wants to um, participate in it, do they subscribe to it or do they contact you or how, how do they connect to the platform and then how do the buyers, are you, you provide that facilitation of, of putting the marketplace together? Yeah. So, I mean, essentially we're the market maker right now, so we're putting all the pieces yeah. together, but, you know, by next year it's going to be, you know, the goal is to have anybody and everybody that wants to buy Imperfect Produce, uh, you know, to be able to go on the platform and purchase uh, from a right. business perspective, not not consumers. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And so if I were walking in the grocery store, you were mentioning seeing your products on the shelves. Is there anything, I mean, can you give us a shout out of any anybody that's actually doing this that we could support or recognize for their yeah. participation in it, you know? Yeah, so right now the only one I can say, just because they did a press release on it yesterday, um, is Project Juice. Uh, so they uh-huh. just launched uh, an ugly and awesome uh, juice line, which right. ha- which has our um, our produce in it. So they're really you know showcasing the you know imperfect produce juice, um, and that's what um, and we're essentially the the reason that they're able to do that. Um, and so it's you know it's really exciting that now our buyers you know love us, and they're now starting to showcase the fact that they're working with us and um, call us out as their supplier. So right, I think it's just right. there's going to be even more and more of that. You know, I think that this problem isn't going away anytime soon, and consumers are going to start demanding more and more. Um, you know, first it was organics. Now I think it's going to be about right. you know their sustainability Stable. story and their supply yeah. chain. Yeah. Right, and I think that just like the organic movement and and other similar movements, people are going to demand that there's a sustainable, um, you know, there's sustainability built into what they're doing, as well as the quality mm-hmm. of the food itself. So that right. and and uh, are there others that are engaged in this? Do you see that there's, um, uh, you know, you were talking about the demand for this is going to increase. Do you see an increase in in this as a market opportunity? For, uh, in terms of looking at sustainable ingredients or how to get more local or, you know, is there is there a movement afoot about eliminating food waste from the system? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, I'm seeing it kind of attacked at different angles and, and different parts of the supply chain. And I think it's great. The more that we have all hands on deck, the better. Um, you know, National Geographic had an entire uh magazine on the issue last March a year ago. And, you know, they said that we need to be treating food waste with international urgency just because of our, you know, water and climate and food situation um, and population growth. And so for me, it's great to see that there's a lot of interest now. um, And it's, you know, but in terms of anybody doing exactly what we're doing, no one's doing exactly what we're doing, specifically using technology and on the B2B side, connecting farms and buyers. Um, But there's a lot of people, you know, that are helping support the ecosystem and the food chain in other ways, um, which is great. Um, right. And, yeah, so it's good to see. It is good to see. I, I remember 10 years ago, at, uh, I was at the university uh, graduate school, and there would be all these big events, and they'd have just trays of food that would go uneaten. 
And yeah. it was it was just like, what are we doing? You know, this so yeah, we, we and they couldn't they couldn't even give it away because it was already opened. So we yeah. would convince we would convince people to allow us to just like they would leave the room and we would take the trays and run downstairs with it. You know, yeah, because yeah. we're like exactly. we're like, no, you have to do something. And now there's businesses yeah. that go to grocery stores or go to these places and and have right. a means to distribute these food. And there are yeah, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. And uh, there was, yeah. wasn't there some grocery store in, uh, is it Germany or Scandinavia? In France. In France. Yeah. Yeah. Was, tell me a little um, bit about that. One. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually one of the um, inspirations when I was starting this two and a half years ago. Is there was a viral video that went around um, that was Intermarché in France. It's a grocery store and it's really fascinating. They were just, I love branding and marketing. I worked at Procter & Gamble for a bit um, and I thought it was brilliant. They basically, you know, Intermarché hired a I think marketing or consulting company to figure out how to increase their sales. And they basically um, decided to do this inglorious fruit campaign where they made all these cute little photos of, you know, ugly produce kind of cartoony and looking like different animals. And they decided to have the imperfect uh, fruit um, sold right next to the perfect looking stuff for a discount for 30% off, I think. And it just was sold out every single day. Um, and so I just thought that that was amazing, um, and such a smart way of doing something about it. Um, and that's what really got me thinking about how else I could help some, you know, some part of the supply chain. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And and I bet somewhere in that picture, uh, a woman was involved. (laughs) So so I want to celebrate the fact that you're a woman, you're a woman entrepreneur and you, you, and during the break, we were chatting briefly about astia.org and I'm going to give them a a shout out today because it's important to celebrate women entrepreneurs and people who fund them and uh, incubators and and accelerators and funding organizations like astia.org who, who really enable these brilliant ideas and, and mentor and invest in wise women who make things happen. And so I just uh, want to uh, fully support what you're doing. And can you tell us a little bit about, you, you mentioned briefly that you had received, in, uh, you were part of the Astia community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, they, yeah, they were uh, our, part of our seed round investors um, and they've been fantastic. I mean, um, you know, I think that there needs to be just even more and more organizations like Astia that really invest in women. You know, they have stats out there. I'm sure you guys talk about it all the time, you know, six to 9% of funding goes to women. And I just think that, um, you know, it's so important to change that, um, that dynamic. So, um, yeah, they've been great investors and, you know, they said we'll be announcing, um, in the next couple of weeks about our, our raise. Right. Right. Exactly. And they're like, uh, they're a community, right? So they're like right. a, a right. they're they're a supporting group of of yeah. women and men who really want to foster women entrepreneurship and and mm-hmm. solve large global problems. Um, there's a right. lot of life sciences companies and tech companies and and I think that a lot of them are actually uh, around changing the world in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in it, so that in terms of this. Um, uh, you know, have it's it's interesting that all of your ideas haven't all been food related, correct? I mean, some of your entrepreneurial yeah. ideas have been beyond uh, food. So, so uh, kind of what what were the other ideas, and and how did they manifest? And then um, after the break, we're going to talk in more detail about food waste and and how the system works. Sure. So, um, 
I come from two parents that are uh, entrepreneurs that started small businesses when they were about my age. Um, so I've had them as role models. So as soon as, um, you know, I was in high school, I was very entrepreneurial, even probably younger than that. And I've always followed my passion, even if it, you know, was not what everyone else was doing or if, you know, people told me I couldn't right. do it. And so, and I've always tried to solve big problems that I saw, um, with the goal to make the world a better place. Right. Uh, and so, um, I, w- I was a pianist my whole life and I saw that, um, there was a lot of disconnect in the opportunity of music. Um, you know, it was, you had to have money in order to get music lessons and all the top people in my high school were, um, you know, academic wise were musicians. And so I started a nonprofit in high school that I'm still scaling nationally right now. I'm on the board of called musical empowerment and Mm. we provide free music lessons, instrument lending and teacher mentors from local college students um, that know instruments to underprivileged children in the community. So, you know, right now food and music are two of my biggest passions. So I feel very blessed to be, (laughs) you know, working on two, you know, uh, passion projects that um, I feel very passionate about. Yeah, passionately about. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. It is great because you're actually. I think one of the things people feel maybe, oh, I don't know if I could do that, or, or yeah. um, you know, how hard is that, or I'm not that smart, or whatever. Yeah. And I think what you're showing is that if you have a good idea and you're passionate about it, you can pull the pieces together with great advisors and and yeah. you know and, and grit. make it happen. <laughs> And grit, yeah. And tenacity, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the ability to yeah. kind of, you know, uh, yeah. not give up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and and when you're when you're doing this aspect of it, right? When you're kind of bringing together the the food and the music, you know, it seems like is is that really just two parts of who you are, or is it sort of the same challenge addressing two areas of interest? Um, what's interesting is the common theme there is I really believe in democratizing things. So, you know, I feel like we need to be democratizing music. Everybody should have access to, right. you know, music lessons. It's such an important thing. I think everyone should have, uh, it, healthy food should be democratized. Every single person should be able to afford and understand the benefits of and have access to healthy food. So that's really, I think, the common theme between, you know, what I'm working on. So, um, yeah. And it- uh, that's interesting. So it's actually more the accessibility or making it more mm-hmm. affordable or more people mm-hmm. can have ac- have the ability to enjoy right. good right. quality food as well as um, play a mu- play music, which is, right. you know, people people underestimate the power of, of, of music in terms of training uh, your brain absolutely. and everything else, yeah. right? So absolutely. The, it, and so with the with the food product project is when you're talking about accessibility does this enable more access to urban centers that have limited uh, may may have limited access to uh, fresh fruits and vegetables um, is that kind of where you're heading or what's yes definitely um, right now we're really focused on getting the infrastructure and the technology in place um, and to build a sustainable business model but my absolute goal is definitely to then use that infrastructure and um, technology in order to have part of our proceeds go towards, you know, sending shipments that don't get sold to food deserts or food banks or that sort of thing. So it's definitely all in the plan. Um, you know, I just, right now we're really just focusing on scaling as much as possible to build that, you know, that s- set up so that we can do that. Right, right. Because I, it's it seems like the the vision and what you're talking about in terms of democratization is also access across areas that are underserved Absolutely. right now and that could yeah. benefit from low cost, 
vegetables and fruits and and ways of learning how to you know cook it or eat it or you know so many Absolutely. i mean when we when our grandparents uh, had uh, my gra- grandparents lived in Oakland um and mm-hmm. they a long time ago and they had a little garden so they had chickens and they mm-hmm. had they grew all kinds of food and they made their own wine and and i don't know whether we've lost that as a as an aspect of um of how our communities are but how can we facilitate the the riches of our nation to uh, more people and allow right. them to have that access to it. Right. And um, even if you don't know how to grow your own food, you, there is enough food out there. Right. In the intensive exactly. abundance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, if, if you were just, we're going to need to go to break again. I can't believe the time has just flown by that. Um, <laughs> if you, <laughs> this happens on my show, it's uh, the, what, you know, and if you were going to look at the future and say, what was the vision? What were you? What would it look like in three years if you were is successful in what you're trying to do? I want to talk yeah. about that in, coming back from the break because I want to understand where, where, what is possible to change our mental model around what what is out there, and also how can people engage in in this, or what can they take away from what you've developed? So, um, definitely. Yeah. So, and and I, I really appreciate you sharing your stories with us. Um, we're gonna need to go to break again, and uh, we'll come back right after break. But come, stay with us because Christine's gonna share the vision of what food production and food access could look like in the future and how much waste can we really cut out of what we're doing it's possible Mm -hmm. it's out there it's within our reach so stay tuned because we're going to come back after the break and talk about that vision of food production and how we can eliminate waste and how you can get involved in it this is Catherine Calarco with Christine Mosley from Full Harvest this is Humanity Evolve see you back after break Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.
This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Kalarka with Christine Mosley, and we're talking about food waste. There is billions of tons of food that's wasted every year, millions of dollars. It impacts our planet. It impacts uh, our grocery stores. It impacts our lives, and and it impacts the farmers. And I, I before we went to break, I, we were talking about the vision or the mental model of what's possible. And Christine, I'd love to have you share what you feel is possible in terms of the way we can change a food production and eliminate this waste what what's the vision look for, like for you in the future yes i mean really i i named my company full harvest because that was my vision you know um i want a world where everything that we grow is that is consumable is used in some way versus wasted right. um and so really striving for a world where there's 100 percent of full harvest um, and I, you know, I think that that's possible. Um, and I think that it's, you know, going to have to come from the kind of touched on before us all, you know, attacking it from a bunch of different angles, um, which, you know, uh, we had kind of spoken about, which is, you know, the fact that companies need to start looking at their supply chain and understanding that they are the potential part of the solution by demanding and purchasing imperfect produce um, and understanding that consumers are also starting to demand that and want that. And as a consumer, you know, being able to um, start demanding that as well or, or looking for those products that have, you know, sustainable produce um, in them or buying the produce on the shelf or at the farmer's market that doesn't look perfect. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to attack this problem. Um, there's a really good report, the Refed report, that really outlines the scale of the problem and all the different ways that we can help um, solve it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really my end goal, to solve food waste yeah. for good. <laughs> <laughs> and create a full harvest. You talked yeah. about the re- Refed report. How, how would someone find that? Where, where would they get that? And, is it, and how could you spell it? Is it uh, R-E-F-E-D? Yeah, or? sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just R-E-F-E-D. A report. If you just Google it, you can download it um, from uh, the organization that put it together um, called Refed. Um, there's also another great report called Wasted by the Wasted. NRDC. Um, and that was the, kind of the first initial report. So those are the two main reports out there right now um, that can you know get you up to speed on, on the problem and the data behind it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they also include recommendations or or insights yeah. into what yeah so the solutions and and yeah. the the aspect of this in terms of the the vision of it is really to consume or to um, sell uh, more of what is produced so that you're not wasting half of the lettuce head or throwing away strawberries right. that are perfectly good um, right you know but <laughs> even downstream even downstream there's things to do you know I I tell my yeah. friends if you want a simple little thing that can make the biggest a huge difference is just, you know, no matter where you are, always take leftovers home because 
you're, one of three things is going to happen. You know, you can give it to one of the homeless people on the street. They may or may not take it, but at least you tried. Um, you might take it home and actually eat it. Or there's a small chance you might throw it out, but you were going to throw it out anyways, and that chance is, you know, reduced by 60 70%. Um, right. And so just no matter what, just always take leftovers home. Or if, you know, you see at an event that they have leftovers, you know, try and do something about it. I think the the um, stigma that has been around of people not being able to give away food, it's, it's being broken down because there is no law technically um, right. that makes it illegal or liable for people to be sued for giving that away. It was just kind of, I think, a liability or excuse, but there's actually a good Samaritan law that protects right. people to be able to do that. So, you know, I think that's starting to get debunked and people are starting to, you know, it's just a matter of pushing to say this is not okay and you right. know, this food needs to be utilized or taken or used somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 like I think there's lots of ways that we can engage. I mean, you mentioned get get the two reports refed or wasted. Is it the NRC that you mentioned, the NRC or NRG? And and NRDC. DC. NRDC. Yeah, the National okay. Resource Defense Council. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. And I and I also think that there are some perceptions that people have that you're pointing out. One is that 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 you know if I take food home you know I mean I mm-hmm. I, I travel a lot and sometimes they give you like this huge breakfast and so I'll mm-hmm. I, I go I get the breakfast <laughs> boxed up and I walked along the streets in Portland one time and I realized wow it was a bunch of kids and I, I or there was a uh, young adults and they were definitely homeless and I asked them I said would you like a breakfast, you know, and yeah, I didn't expect yeah. them to take it. I thought, you know, or yeah. they're not interested in that or, you know, why, yeah. you know, like, Oh, it's leftover cold food. Who wants that? But they were so happy. They almost stared at me yeah. like, really? You know what I mean? That was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. and I said, I said, sure. You know, and I left it there for them and they, you know, and they, they appreciated it, you know, and they yeah. even had a little dog and they gave some of it to their little dog and, you know, yeah. and I, I can't fix their problem, but in that moment I could be kind, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, exactly. and, it, and it, you know, I felt like, oh, that was a good use of things rather than just leaving it and, uh, it going to waste. Right. And, and it, there's, you know, there are some places like, you know, Chinese food, sometimes you get enough for three meals, right? So you can actually right. Recom- right. recombine it to things and make new meals out of it, right? Or, right. you know. And, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's another great book by Dana Gunders who wrote The Wasted Report called The Waste-Free Kitchen. It's a oh, great book cool. to help you figure out how to cook more um, efficiently and less. Oh, I love that. Um, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so that's great, yeah. And I just think, you know, in general um, – even just small little things, like in the in the refed report, they say, you know, it seems silly, but just using small plates makes a right. big difference in waste. So if you're a restaurant owner, you know, don't serve as big of plates or food. Right. Um, try try to stay away from buffets. If you're throwing an event, you know, put out small plates, and it just makes the world of a difference because people eat, you know, with their eyes are bigger than their stomachs, and they just get a bunch of food or they order a bunch of food and. It's so silly, this notion that, you know, if you end with exactly the amount of food that you needed for a group of people, that it's a bad thing. That's a great thing. Right. You shouldn't have to have over-order right. just because, you know, you want to have overly, you know, just triple check that you have more than enough. That causes right. so much over-ordering, too, you know? so Exactly. Um, and what's, what's interesting is that often if you let people know that that's why you're doing it, people exactly, accept exactly. it. Exactly. 
Yeah. They say, oh, wow, that's conscious, that's you know, amazing. or, oh, I exactly. support that. That's amazing, right? Rather yeah. than going, yeah. rather than hiding it and then saying, oh, we're all out right. of food. <laughs> you know? Right. You can actually right. be or like, oh, focused about it. You know, somebody <laughs> might be a little sad they you didn't get one more of that hors d'oeuvre they liked, but if they understand that it's prevented them from, you know, over ordering 20% more, you know, food that would have gotten dumped, you know, it's like, you know, we all <laughs> will survive, yeah. you know. Right, so, right, exactly. Uh-huh. Or if there is leftover food, like the leftover centerpieces, maybe you can yeah. take some home. You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that uh-huh. you know, and I, I love these ideas on how we can how we can participate in the change. So, t- mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how you know uh, we've talked about buying products and how we can actually make better food choice decisions but what are some other ideas for like farms or companies or how can how can mm-hmm. the wider ecosystem participate in this full harvest right um, i mean it's just understanding that you know this problem isn't going away and that it's just going to become more and more important and that you know the sooner that they start getting on board and thinking about these things, the more they're going to be ahead of the curve. And so if you're a farm, you know, starting to think about ways that you can be more sustainable or look full harvest up to work with them. If you're a food and beverage company, you know, start thinking about how you can be more effective with your waste streams um, and be, you know, as uh, closed loop and circular with, you know, your, your products and byproducts. Um, right. And so, you know, look towards, you know, companies like us to help with some of that sustainability um, supply, uh, sustainable supply. And then on top of that, you know, just, um, you know, as I talked about consumers, just being more conscious about your buying power and your decisions you make every day and that you can help, you know, move the needle on. I mean, what I think that I really want to hound um, the point is that consumers, unfortunately, are the reason that this waste problem exists in the U.S. I hate to say it, but it's started with us and we think that our dollar every single day doesn't really matter but when you aggregate it and you multiply it it becomes demand from consumer equals what the costcos and walmarts and safeways of the world then demand downstream or sorry upstream to the farm so if we are picky then the the buyers are going to be picky and then the farms have to change their practices and you know pick only perfect produce so right. we really are, are the culprits here, and we also can be the solution. So just understanding the power of, you know, your dollar and your conscious choices, I think it's really I, powerful and important. I totally um, agree. I completely support that. I think it's really – I hope all of our listeners out there take take ownership of that and, and actually do one thing to make a difference with regard to how conscious we are about the food waste in our lives and what are we doing to make a difference in our buying decisions. We have this power, and you influence a lot of people. Everyone out there influences someone else. So if you walk up there and talk to your store manager and say, look, I'd be happy if you had a, uh, a an ugly fruit fruit." department or an ugly produce department because you know I'm on a budget uh, you know and I'd like to I I like to eat good food but I don't want to pay premium dollars for the shiny apple I'm okay with some of the other ones right and so um, you know they're they're now 
they often have manager specials with things like meat and uh, and leftover, uh, you know, things that need to be off the shelf. You know, there should be the same for produce and how we can actually look for bargains as well as demand it. You know, demand that we mm-hmm. there's a policy associated with less food waste and and also how we're doing that. I mean, you know, um, if things go rotten in my refrigerator, I often apologize to the universe. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, all all this to get here. <laughs> And I I didn't use it, you know. So, you know, I I look at my fridge in the same way. How can I be more efficient with my with my fridge? You know how how how, and I. So we're, you know, so yes, consumers need to get into action. Is there a directory of um, of if I'm a company, I want to be part of this chain. Is there a place to go to look for people for that actually help to redistribute food, or is there? Uh, you know, these guides that you've provided, uh, there are places for consumers or where would you go if you were going to like, okay, I'm a business and I want to get involved in this. Would they, would you come to full harvest first? I would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're the the first and only ones doing this right now. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, go to our website, fullharvest.co or reach out, um, to us at support at fullharvest.co. Um, but I think that, um, you know, there's definitely, lists of food banks, you know, I think it's a local, um, level, uh, thing that you'd, you'd have to look up yourself. Um, there's not that I know of, you know, one specific directory for all the, the food sure. banks, but, you know, just you in general, it. I think the more you start looking into this, the more you'll start realizing, um, that this has really become something that's prevalent and there's a lot of information just now coming out about it. Um, so, you know, just, Google food waste, and there's a lot of information out there on things that you can do to help solve it and get involved. Right, and it does. It does. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to be perfect, you know. But you right. take small small changes make a big difference, and you influence mm-hmm. other people around you, and and you and it and it gives permission for other people to do the same. So I just want to exactly. repeat this because after the show, I want you all to go on to full har- full harvest. It's f u l l h a r v e s t dot co there's no m so it's dot co you can also reach out to christine at the email support at fullharvest.co you can connect with me on uh, facebook twitter or linkedin on twitter twitter we're at at Kath Calarco, and or, or download this recording and make it available for other people to listen to to learn more about how we can be the solution associated with eliminating food waste. It's a big deal and it's hidden. So now we're making it evident and making it our each of our uh, accountability to just do one small thing to make a positive difference. Uh, demand as a consumer that you are uh, part of this. So Christine, it's been great having you on the show. I support what you're doing and celebrate you as a human being, a sister from another mother. (laughs) And I'm super happy that you're here. I mean, is there anything that you want to say um, in closing to our audience uh, on uh, uh, Voice America? Um, No, I just thank you so much for having me on the show. And I'm super supportive of female entrepreneurs. It's another passion of mine. And so, you know, (laughs) just look me up on LinkedIn, Christine Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y, if you know, you need somebody to just run your idea by or, you know, some advice. Um, I'm happy to try and help in whatever way I can. I love supporting um, and, and helping in whatever way I can to, to make other more more prevalent uh, female entrepreneurs and more successful female entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah, 
Awesome. Thank you. We're celebrating <laughs> Thank women you. And, cele- and celebrating better models for a better world. Thank you so much yeah. for being on the show today. It's been our pleasure to have you within our community and talk with us today. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve. Stay tuned next week where we're going to be talking about functional medicine and how it changes the lives of women worldwide. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then.